Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take your business to the next level and certainly reflect, not just do, the remodeling business. What I try to do is take different topics, themes that I think are especially relevant to really help you take your business to the next level. This podcast series is supported by the professional publications, the associations, as well as certainly many of the strategic alliances that are trying to help you with your business. In my earlier podcast, I focused on the subject of sales fitness, and I actually took you through a 10-point checkup on how to go about judging or taking a little bit of a physical on your sales fitness. In today's podcast, what I'm going to do is several things. One is I'm going to do a very quick kind of recap of the first podcast, but the especially important that you go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Otherwise, this podcast is not going to be very relevant for you. Second is after I go through that and you really reflect on your scores, I'm going to take you through a series of questions for you to be thinking about what these scores mean uh, when it comes to sales fitness. And then last but certainly not least is I'm going to show you or share five tips on how to improve the individual scores. You know, just like in sports, you want to focus on those things that you can improve upon. If you look at professional athletes, they're focusing on their particular uh, swing or the way they approach a particular shot. You know, they're not necessarily looking holistically at their whole game. They're looking at the particular areas that they see some weakness. So let's go back and recap. And I'm just going to read through these. But most importantly, as I said, you've got to go back and listen to the first 30 minute podcast on this series here to really be able to score yourself or be able to leverage, I think, the knowledge that you gain. This podcast and this sales fitness is really designed primarily more for you individually or for your individual team members, not necessarily for an overall sales organization or a sales team. Some of the things can be adapted for that, but for the most part, this is very much focused on individual sales acumen and sales skills. Okay, on my uh, 10 list, which is just like when you go to the doctor and get your cholesterol and blood pressure and other things checked. These are all elements that you need to look at holistically together. They're like jigsaw puzzles that come together that collectively tell the story, not just individually. Okay, number one on my list of my top 10 fitness checkup uh, scoring system was, are you a student of sales? Are you a student of sales? And I'm going to let you go back and listen to the first podcast as far as what some of these mean. Second is your communication skills. Number three was your product knowledge. It's great to have a good bedside manner and good sales kind of communication skills, but if you don't know the product itself, you're probably not going to be able to help the client. Number four on my list was, are you client-centric? Do you have that uh, genuine and authentic uh, approach when you're working with the client and really making them the priority in the remodeling sale? 
Number five is, do you have strong skills to be able to talk about money, talk about investment, talk about budgeting? And a lot of this is not just knowledge, but it's also the courage to be able to broach that subject. Number six on my list was, are you masterful of your time? Number seven was sales skills themselves. There's many sales skills, just like in sports, in handling objection, closing techniques, creating urgency, follow-up techniques. These are all techniques. 80% of sales is a science, not an art, and you've got to have sales skills. Number eight is you not you have to know your numbers. Now, I gave you kind of a list on the earlier podcast of things that you need to focus on, on knowing your numbers, but this is an important element too. Number nine is having a sales process. Now, many people don't want to think about having a straitjacket with a sales process, but the best of the best have a process. It may not be something that you're controlled by. Uh, You may call audibles with your sales process, but you at least have it. And number 10 on my list was your sales mindset. You know, the best salespeople out there, the best fitness in terms of sales, not only have the right mindset that they can control their mindset so that they really are able to kind of be in the zone when they need to. So let's jump to, I think, thinking about the scoring. So what I want you to do is add up all those scores and you end up with a total, total score for your sales fitness. And in this segment, I'm going to share a little bit more about what these scores mean, but also about ways to improve your sales fitness. Now, I would also encourage for those that have not read my book, How Fit Is Your Business?, I'd say 50% or more of what we're talking about today is very, very analogous to the how fit is your business checkup because business fitness and sales fitness overlap pretty dramatically. In this particular podcast, I'm really zeroing in on sales. So the scoring that you're looking at is really not so much about losing or winning. It's not about scoring like in a football game. It's much more about understanding, you know, yourself. It's about understanding strengths and weaknesses. And it's about leveraging those strengths and reducing those weaknesses that get in your way. But most importantly, it's about creating a plan, a plan to go about improve particular scores. If you think about, again, this in athletics, if you're running a seven-minute mile, how do you get it down to running a six-minute mile? There's very specific things that you can do to tweak and improve particular things to be able to uh, take your game to the next level. So I want you to add up all the scores, as I said earlier, and here's at least a very broad view of what these scores mean. If the collective score is 85 or above, then that is a very, very good score. Uh, what is especially important, though, is, is that you need to continue to do an annual checkup. So make a point on your calendar literally a year from now to, to, to uh, do another checkup. Same system, another checkup a year from now. Now, the reason for that is just like when it comes to your physical health, Uh, you do change, you do adjust, your strengths, your schedules, your stress, 
All of those things do adjust. And I think by having a baseline, doing it now, and then following up in a year from now, you'll be able to see, did it go up or did it go down? So it's important. But you also, if you are in that 85 and above, you have the luxury, you have the license to really integrate new things to what you're doing. It could be some new technologies, new techniques that you're trying to do. Listen to some of the earlier podcasts on some of the different things when it comes to uh, taking your sales to the next level. And I think that's going to be really helpful for you. If your score is 75 to 84, um, that is actually a good score as well. Not, I would say, top gun level, but certainly a good score, good, solid, respectable score. What I would encourage, though, is to focus on one or two of the elements that are pulling you down. One or two of the particular elements. It could be in your sales process. It could be how your comfort with money and focus just on those two. You know, just like when it comes to your personal health, if you go to the doctor and you have blood pressure is good, your weight is good, your stamina is good, but your cholesterol is a little bit high, then just focus on how do I lower the cholesterol? How do I adjust my diet, so to speak, to lower the cholesterol? It's very, very similar when it comes to, I think, sales fitness. Just focus on those one or two of the 10 criteria that is pulling you down and I think get you up into the 85 or above score. 65 to 74 should be considered a bit of a wake-up call. Uh, you're maybe not quite as good as you thought you were. But also, I would encourage with this scoring system, you know, since some of it is very, very objective, uh, it could be some false positives that are there. So what I would encourage, if you have a sales coach or a sales manager, then have that person score you and then compare your scores. Because if he or she comes up with the same score as you do, then chances are it is, in fact, accurate. And we can talk about how to go about improving that, but you should take that as a little bit of a wake-up call and it's much, much easier to focus on moving, let's say, a four to a six versus a seven to an eight. And we have a tendency, I think, sometimes to focus on the things we're already pretty good at. And if we're good at them, it's usually the things that we like to do the most. So focus on those things that you're not as strong on, not necessarily you are especially strong if you want to see the score go up. 50 to 64, you're starting to get into a danger zone. Uh, maybe not starting. You're in the danger zone at that point. You're probably, in terms of sales fitness, very, very average. It's no different than in personal health. You might be 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight. You might just might not be very fit. You don't have an exercise program. You do not have a good diet in terms of how you approach your, your eating habits. And, you know, so, you know, you're at a point right now where I would call that more of a danger zone. And when I mean danger zone, one of a couple of things can happen. You can either stay the same, and it's only going to get worse if you stay the same. You can go down from the danger zone, 
or put the stake in the sand and you can do something about it. So there are many different groups out there that you could actually join. Uh, there's Sandler, there's other sales mastery type of groups. I know some that I participate in lead that really are designed to have a little bit more of a community of focus on improving sales. And if your score's in that danger zone, I think that's a, and it's an excellent way to become a little bit more aware, but also Go down through every one of the individual ones that are below, let's say, a five, and just commit on your calendar to when you want to see that move from a four to a four and a half to a five and come up with a game plan of how to do it. 49 men below, and this sounds, I think, maybe a little bit disparaging to some people, but sales might not be your thing. And it could be partially because it's not in your DNA. I strongly encourage everyone to have their DNA check when it comes to sales, whether it's McQuaig or DISC or other sales profiling tools. But it may not be in your DNA, and therefore there's nothing wrong with thinking of another area within the business that you might have a little bit more stronger acumen. If you're an owner that sells, then maybe you need to bring on someone to be in that role so that you can generate a lot more uh, opportunities and revenue coming into the business and you take on different responsibilities as required. So let's talk a little bit about some tips for improving. You know, I'm a big believer in kind of baby steps for success. You know, if you have a six, let's say, on one of the particular scores, then what you need to think about is coming up with a plan to move it to 6.5 and then to 7 and then to 7.5. Don't try to think about jumping from a 6 to an 8. Think about it in terms of baby steps to success, little incremental improvements. In... uh, Vince Lombardi Jr.'s book on baby steps to success, you know, he talks about four levels of mastery that you go through. And I really think it's important as you think about your own health and sales fitness to think about. The four levels of mastery are when you are unconsciously incompetent, then you move from the level to level two where you're consciously incompetent, And then you become consciously competent. And then level four is you're unconsciously competent. In other words, you don't have to think about doing things. It's kind of an automatic reflex. Well, if you think about your sales fitness when it comes to all of these levels, you're probably a level of two or three on most everything. But what we want to do, I think, when it comes to improvement is try to move as many things to that level four, which is unconsciously competent. You know, think of it a little bit like riding a bike. When you first got a bike, you fell off the bike. You were were consciously incompetent, level two. And then after that, you started to ride, but you had to concentrate on keeping your balance and you were very careful about how you went about riding the bike. That's when you became consciously competent. And then eventually you got to the place where it became kind of second nature to you and you didn't need to think about it and you're able to really, really enjoy the ride. Well, to be able to enjoy the ride in sales, you've got to work on getting to that level four unconsciously competent. So a few tips 
On number one, I wrote down on knowing your numbers, which was uh, it was number eight of the of the fitness criteria. Uh, what I would encourage you to do is just write down five of the key numbers, almost like a dashboard of the car. You know, think about what are those five, what are those three gauges uh, on a car that are really essential to be able to know to be able to have a comfortable driving experience. We all know since we've been driving so long, it's the speedometer. It's the fuel gauge, and it's the temperature gauge. All three of those gauges in the car, they really allow you to just enjoy the ride and do have the experience and not worry and be stressed along the way. I think when it comes to sales, you have similar ones, similar ones in terms of leads per week, per month, appointments per week, per month. If you're in a design-oriented type or a, a, a commitment-type business, maybe it's some sort of design agreement or feasibility study, a certain number of those. And then contracts. And contracts would be not only the total amount of contracts, it's the number of contracts, but it's also the close rate with those contracts from lead to contract. By doing some very simple Simple, simple, spend an hour a week by focusing on your numbers, on your key metrics. Uh, you're going to be able to take your score in terms of knowing your numbers from a 6 to 6.5 and soon to be a 7 once you become more comfortable with it. Number two was your sales process. Now, I ask people all the time, raise your hand if you have a sales process. And a lot of people don't raise their hand because they just think it's just a natural process. Well, just like with anything else, whether it's baking a cake, whether it's a sport, getting prepared for a, a, a game in sports, there's a process to be able to do this. And the more that you can focus on what the process is, the more successful you're going to be. So if you want to work on this particular, start by just writing down the steps of the process. Now, I have a nine-step process, but within modeling businesses, there's many, many different combinations, but I would at least recommend try to write down the number of steps in your in-home sales presentation, your in-home process, and have it get down to like seven to 10 steps. If you can write down each step and you can articulate what they are, then you can focus on better ways to do each step. Is it really effective? Now, in an earlier podcast, you can listen to some of the different sales process type techniques, and I think that'll help you. Number three is time. You got to become masterful of time. So one tip I would encourage, if you gave yourself a little bit of score, lower score there, is focus on the amount of proactive versus reactive time. So proactive is time you control and reactive is time that it controls you. So you want to ideally in sales be at kind of an 80-20, 80% proactive, 20% reactive. Uh, so you should take some inventory, inventory of the last week. Where do you fall in that equation? Now, let's just say for kicks that you're 60% proactive and 40% reactive. So then you have to say, how do I reduce? How do I vaporize a little bit of the reactive time? Well, number one, you got to think about the sources of the reactive time. The reactive time sources are oftentimes your clients. 
they're your team members or they're your family. It's one of those three 80% of the time. So when you're working with a client, try to focus much, much more on you controlling when the time and the meetings and the discussions are, not just reacting to the fires. Similar with the team members, when they come up and tap you on the shoulder, they want some advice or they need some help with something. Don't say necessarily no to them. Say, would it be better if we set a time a little bit later today to be able to discuss this? Well, if you do that, you're going to find many of the things that you're being interrupted with that is causing reactive activities are going to be improved. And similarly, the same technique holds true, I think, with your family. But the point is, if you want to improve, if you want to take your time mastery from a 5 to a 5.5 or a 6, then start by focusing on the reactive versus the proactive activities, and I think it'll help you to get there. Number four on my list was your ability or your knowledge or your fitness when it comes to money and talking about money. Now, this one's a little bit tricky because I think we're dealing with some real knowledge, but also some psychology. There's a certain amount of fear that oftentimes salespeople have to go into the money talk. And part of that fear is you don't want to get a no. And when you get a no, you feel like it's almost like you're losing that relationship. So therefore, you have a tendency to kick the can down the road and want to come back to them with budgeting and with estimates and different things that relate to the the money side of the equation. So one thing I would say is you've got to get more confidence. Confidence in talking about money has more to do with the methodology than it does knowing exact numbers and costs on things. You know, when you're talking about money, start to always talk in terms of ranges rather than specific dollars. Because in a range, it allows you to have more of a dialogue conversation with a client rather than having to go back and do research and come up with those numbers. But by working on talking about money, find someone in your company, someone that you know, even outside your company, that's especially comfortable talking about money and broach this subject very directly with them because they will be able to give you some tips and insights just like I'm giving you that will help you take that to the next level. So number five on my my improvement list, if you had a lower score on your sales mindset, Uh, on your attitude, on your work ethic, all of those kinds of things. You know, start by focusing a little bit on your mojo. You know, this whole notion of mojo, people buy from people they like and that are enthusiastic. So therefore, you've got to have, I think, mojo to be successful in sales. You know, in an earlier podcast, I talked about 10 ways to get your mojo back. And I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that, but also just focus on, you know, listing all the positive things that are there versus the negative. And I think you're going to find there's a tremendous amount of positive things in your life that you should feel very uh, grateful for. And therefore, it immediately changes, I think, some of your, some of your mindset and your, and your thinking. By making lists of things that you should feel good about that are positive, it's going to make you feel better and certainly uh, uh, increase your level of mindset. So in summary on these improvement elements, 
you know, focus on incremental improvement. Don't swing for the fence. Don't try to jump from a six to an eight. Just go from a six to a 6.5 and then move it to a seven. If you make the incremental improvements, just like when it comes to your health and fitness, you're going to find change. That change is going to happen on a weekly and then a monthly basis. And literally within three or four months, you're moving your scores from one place certainly to another. So I want to close with just some following thoughts. You know, when it comes to your overall personal health, there's a reason that you are healthy or you're not. When it comes to your sales fitness and sales health, there's a reason whether you're, whether you're fit or you're not. The more that you can get down to that kind of fundamental root cause, the more likely you can start to see incremental improvements. So I want to thank everybody to listen to this podcast. You know, don't hesitate to pass this along to others in sales that you feel like they might be, that might benefit from it. And I'll speak to you soon.